Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome everybody to They Might Be Mariners. We are returning at last. Uh, we are Lookout Landings Prospects and Miners podcast. Uh, it has been a lengthy winter, but uh, we are back at last to bring you uh, some pre-spring training uh, Lookout Landing Top 30 Prospects. Prospect uh, season list. Yeah, prospect, prospect list season. Baseball season. Baseball season. The sun uh, is shining outside my window. Like this is all very exciting. Yeah, there's there's snow on the ground, but but there's sun in our hearts, and uh, we are we are delighted to chat about our top thirty list um, and how some of the big names and some of the lesser known names may have broken out differently for us than uh, for our overall rankings. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna go deep into that. Um, but first just a real quick uh, real quick check in uh, with with you guys. Uh, as as usual you you've heard we have Kate Prucer as well as Joe Doyle uh, here. Uh, Joe what uh, which which of the new uh, newly high A minor league teams. Uh, are you think? Are you most excited to hopefully check out uh, in in the in the neighborhood whenever that becomes possible? I, I mean, 
I, I'm really excited to go to more Aqua Sox games. <laughs> I know that's like the slam dunk pick, but I used to go up there and we would catch just like new draftees and kind of, you know, guys that probably won't make it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like Julio's going to be there in May. Bring that, give me all that. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty neat stuff. I mean, I know. Does anyone ever have a house that with a room in it that they would not mind like just letting me live in for a while? So <laughs> just because the only bad part about Everett for me coming from West Seattle is uh, getting up there. Yeah, but I I feel similarly to Joe. Like I'm pretty much gonna want to just live in Everett for. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, that's that is likely what it's their opening day rotation in Everett's going to be Emerson Hancock, George Kirby, Brandon Williamson, Isaiah Campbell. Yeah, one ten like Levi Stout. <laughs> Le- Levi Stout maybe like maybe he's in he's in uh, Modesto just because he hasn't he hasn't pitched that much, but like could be who knows? Oh, I mean, man. we don't know where these guys are at. But, Too many like, good pitcher problems. Let's yeah, say. like that is. Uh, the the pro, you know not all these guys are going to turn out but like the potential for every uh rotation in in the Mariners minor leagues right now is insane it's so it's so fun to think oh every day when you when you flip on MILB TV uh you, there's a game worth watching there might be yes. multiple games worth watching which, hopefully again, Everett. Hopefully Everett actually can get a, a TV set a TV, up. So yeah. That, well, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming with the whole like bringing everything under ML, MLB's control that that was something they were yeah. going for was standardizing the quality of video. Yeah. This is really not fair to have well, some affiliates have tricked out professional settings like the Dodgers yeah, affiliates. Tulsa. Did. Yeah. T- yeah. I would watch Tulsa. a Tulsa game over before I'd watch a Rangers game. Like, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Geez. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the the quality was just, and their announcers, and it's great to see, like, too, as more people watch more minor league games, get to see, like, all the talent that's in the minor leagues for broadcasters, which yeah. are generally yeah. way younger. Um, I don't know if I would say more diverse, because that's definitely something that MLB has attacked on the national level, I think, is trying to get at least black bo- broadcasters in, but... Uh, women, definitely more women in the minor leagues broadcasting. So I'm really hoping that uh, our own Keaton Galugli gets a chance to shine a little because he's so good and yeah. so, I think, just so, so underappreciated. Yeah, creative. But all, every, every broadcaster in our system is, is straight up bananas awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Just real quick before we before we get into the to the top prospects and and we've basically known this I think we even talked about this on the last time we recorded uh, they might be Mariners which I don't want to look when it was um, but the uh, the breakdown for those who haven't you know who check out during the winter um, the Mariners are going to have their Dominican summer league just like every other team the Mariners are going to have their um, Arizona League at the at the complex, uh, which is sort of informal, free to attend if you live in Arizona, you know, pending COVID. Um, and then there's the uh, Modesto Nuts have dropped from high A to low A, but there's no more short season. It's just full season baseball for everyone. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Uh, and then 
yeah, you're going to have that Modesto team is going to be in a newly configured, technically still the California League, but due to like naming rights, they're currently what they're like the California. It's just like low A West. It's some terrible name <laughs> that like hopefully they get. Yeah, I'm really hoping out. that the names are temporary yeah, because like the, uh, the rain, the majestic Pacific Coast League, which I have always loved as a name and has a ton of history behind it. And mm-hmm. I think PCL really means something. Absolutely. Uh, and I've always somehow in my mind connected it to the Coast Starlight, which is the Amtrak train that runs Seattle, uh, Tacoma, Portland. You know that? Oh, yeah. I've yeah. taken it many a time. It's a beautiful, <clears throat> beautiful train. Um, so, yeah, just that it it evokes kind of this name of a of a that connects us to our history. It's got an ethos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really hoping that in some form that comes back. And also because right now I think they're called AAA West West, yeah, the, which is yeah. absolute garbage. <laughs> garbage. Well, that yeah. can't stand. They're going to have to change that, right? In, yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, like the, the grim part of this has been that 38 teams, I think it was ultimately, was it 40 or 38 teams ultimately got fully, 40 teams got axed from pro, like full affiliation and several of those teams like a dozen or two dozen got reincorporated as um you know some form of like draft league or or summer ball league we'll see the west virginia power unfortunately were one of those organizations who sort of doesn't have a place right now mm-hmm. um but yeah, so we we you know we obviously feel for them and and for you know wide swaths of the country where there's just no longer affiliated baseball. Um, but the but the, Pac- the Pacific Northwest is in a we are in a I mean we're kind of spoiled. Yeah, we get we get what we get. We have one of the best affiliate setups outside of Arkansas, yeah. which is obviously kind of a haul. But we have one of the best affiliate setups out there, as with both Everett and Tacoma being so close. Well, not yeah. even that, but like if if you're just a baseball fan that lives in the state of Washington, like you can drive three and a half hours and have access to seven different affiliated full season teams now. Yeah. Which is like, fantastic because I feel awesome. like Washington really gets the short shrift where like prospects are considered, you know, we're not considered a baseball hotbed, but it is exciting. It's a little bit of a bummer because I was looking at Darren Willman, who if you don't follow him, is an excellent, like largely does data visualization of baseball. So like pretty pictures on Twitter. <laughs> it's um, cool. It's really cool. It yeah, is really cool. Willman. And just did a visualization of the minor league affiliates map with like overlapping by mm-hmm. the leagues and everything and it's stunning to see what a donut hole we've created with like Colorado. Colorado is a huge state yeah. and there are no minor league teams in it. Like nothing in Kansas because uh, I think the Wichita wind surge are no longer a thing right? That's going to be their There's one. There's nothing. There's nothing in the there's yeah, just nothing the in the middle. States. Yeah, it's a donut hole. Yeah. So, and then obviously, like up north, although even you still have the northeast and you have the northwest now. Um, but yeah, just that whole center of the country is just a giant sucking hole for minor league baseball. And that really, I mean, people live there. Like, people who I assume would want to see some baseball live there. So, it really sucks for them. Um, you know, certainly 
we have come out in in the Pacific Northwest generally pretty well. I mean, the the fact that, like you said, Joe, like they're gonna be real prospects <clears throat> in the in the Mariners organization and you know for for every organization at not only Rainier's games but at Hops you know Hillsboro Hops games at. Uh, Spokane games at Tri City games at Eugene game or no Eugene Emeralds are a are a Hillsboro just Hillsboro no, is out there yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, is Vancouver still in it I yeah, yeah Vancouver it. Canadians yeah. they're still there that's um, another one that just does overwhelming I mean they sell out their games oh, yeah. so now that they're gonna oh, yeah. have like higher level prospects I have no idea it's what's awesome. gonna happen there yeah I I mean you know obviously the challenge is certainly weather but like. It'll be fine, and like yeah, I am people, really oh. weren't wondering what like April in Everett games are going to be like because uh, they're not great at at T-Mobile, and there's a roof, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's that 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 certainly remains to be seen, but I, I think it's you know, I am excited for you know, I I spent I lived for five years went to school and and lived for a little bit longer in Portland down in Oregon and like getting having not having big league baseball there is like it's pretty goofy but like it's a legitimate reason why I don't want to live there a long time long term but like having high quality minor leagues baseball much closer like to so much of the of the state and of the region is, is really exciting. So I, I'm excited to to see more of that. On the other hand, I'm really annoyed that this like this setup emboldens the Rockies to just do whatever the shit they want. <laughs> no, seriously, because like that team has drawn I have been saddled with writing about the Ross Rockies for the baseball prospectus preview series. And I was just kind of doing a dig on the team who, like, I always think of having existed because they came into baseball about the same time as my awareness of baseball did, but they really didn't. And they were, like, just sold out the joint for the first yeah, you know, five, the, ten years. They have amazing 98, attendance. They led all of Major League Baseball, and you're just starting to see things dip. But people there want baseball so badly that, like, the Rockies kind of have them over the, a barrel, and it sucks. Is there what? So, so well, we don't we don't need to go too far in this. But, but you mentioned no, there's nothing in Colorado. It's the Rocky Mountain vibes that were in Colorado Springs. They're gone. What? There's Albuquerque. There's Salt Lake City still. The but there, there's was there wasn't there a, a PCL team that was in Colorado? Yeah, they, the Sky Sox. Thank you. Yeah, and they're and they're they got axed. They got yeah. iced. Well, they got axed before all of this mm. because the park factors were just so insane. And it was a Colorado yeah. feeder team, but I think at the time it was maybe like a White Sox. And it was so extreme that it was really thrown. It made sense for that to be a Colorado feeder team because you're playing in similar conditions right. to what you'll see at Coors. Right. But when it switched affiliations and went to the White Sox, it was uh kind of a disaster for them i mean it's a little like i imagine dickie stevens has has dinged our prospects in some way yeah well let's talk about those prospects yeah let's talk about our own team (laughs) yeah um so what we're gonna do here is we're gonna we're gonna run through uh the top 30 and uh obviously we're not gonna go in depth on every player uh but um 
you know, we, we, we will start real quickly because we got some questions and we're going to weave those questions in and thank you to everyone who asked. Um, so we're going to start here with a few questions we got about some interesting players who didn't quite cut uh, the top 30 here. Um, and first up, uh, we got a question from Mariners GM, Jerry himself. Whoa, Jerry. Uh, yeah, we love that. At GM Mariners on Twitter. Uh, how close was Adam Machko or Adam Macko? Uh, I believe he's Americanized it to Macko, but I will okay. never stop calling him Machko. Because I, I, that is our precious, precious, uh, what is he, Slovakian? Slovakian? Yeah, that he that is a precious cultural heritage that I refuse to erase. S- Slovakian played for a went to an elementary school that had a t-ball team. Played t-ball, moved to Ireland, and yeah. continued uh, played somehow for a continued, team called the Mariners in yeah, Ireland. Yeah, I mean, it all sounds just, normal to me. Yeah, yeah. Also, he's grown an incredible head of lettuce. If you've seen <laughs> pictures of him lately, like the flow is out of control. That's fabulous. There's some strong Eastern European genes um, just creating this like golden sheafs of wheat. Like it's 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 pretty fantastic. <laughs> well, Jerry Depoto themselves, aka also you know on their alt, obviously at Mariners or at GM Mariners, asks uh, a pair of questions. Uh, how close was? Adam Mashko to cracking the top 30. Here he's throwing fairly hard with some solid off-speed stuff. Seems like a young lefty to keep an eye on. Um, Now, going to our uh, sort of collective rankings here, uh, I believe, Joe, you had uh, Mashko the highest. Uh, You had him in your top 30. Um, and Joe I, I had probably him 28. Had him, yeah, I believe I would have had him right outside um, my top 30. Um, yeah. But, and among those of us who actually voted, he did come out with an aggregate score of 33. Yeah. I had him a little lower, but I might reconsider. I had him closer to 40, but I might reconsider that mm-hmm. um, with the new reports coming out. I bumped Taylor Dollard up over him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I he bumped, was right right in that next five. Yeah. I bumped. Uh, I did my list probably six weeks ago or so, um, and I, I bumped him a couple of weeks ago as well. I have him at like number twenty right now. So some yeah, some of the new information that's come out about the velo spike and uh, the command of four pitches, like especially with him being a shorter pitcher that gets. A lot of hop on his fastball. I think he's the type of arm that Jerry and uh, the player development staff can work with. Yeah, I, he, I think, <laughs> frankly, it's not super fair to him. But like, there are so many interesting pitchers in the organization, and and a benefit to him is that he is so young relative to the rest of the group. But like, they just need to get him innings uh, so we can right. we can see you know at least for us you know to see. Um, I think for them a big thing, honestly, like those those high school draftees or those those very young draftees, it's not as big a deal for them to not get, you know, the the reps for for the last year and a half or so because so much of it is about building strength um, and and building themselves physically into uh, professional pitchers. So uh, hopefully that is that is something that's able to sustain because it, it did look promising, like you said, Joe. Um, Another high school arm who the Mariners took 
was Michael Limoncelli out of Horseheads, uh, New York. Um, and uh, Mariners GM also was curious about what, if anything, we'd heard about Limoncelli's recovery from Tommy John surgery, which was known at the time of his draft or I believe it was known at the time of his draft that he was going to need Tommy John. Um, so, so the Mariners took him knowing they would need to be uh, rehabbing him, which I believe he has been doing lately. Um, Joe, you wrote about Limoncelli uh, after they took him with a good deal of enthusiasm because he was a 2019 pick who was uh, one of the more high upside picks the Mariners have made in <laughs> in the uh, in their first 10 rounds um so is is there anything you've heard about him yeah i really like maco or not maco limoncelli out of uh in 2019 he was like that he was that sleeper for me i i just fell in love with the curveball and the frame and i actually spoke with uh limoncelli earlier this week and uh he's back to he says he's back to 100 percent from the tommy john surgery He's been throwing bullpens at about 80% and um, yeah, they're going to they're going to ramp him back up to uh, you know, full strength max effort throwing here in the next couple of weeks. He's he's actually been working with Eric Cressy, um, uh, one of the better pitching coaches in uh, in baseball and uh, prior to his time with the Yankees, so uh, this summer. So that should be really good. I think he's going to be one to watch this year and I would love to see him get a little bit of time in in low A. So we'll see how uh, how far along his arm is. There are so many fun young guys who we just have not seen like uh Limoncelli is definitely one. Machko is definitely one. Um, there are guys that I can't even... I follow them all on Instagram, and they pop up once in a while, and I'm like, oh, right, you! Uh, like, what's his name? He's got a funny name. Mm, I'll think of it in a little bit. I have not heard of him in a long time. Um, but there are just... I mean, there's so many guys and guys we i mean connor phillips i would even put in this group a little bit even though we had him significantly higher as far as like an arm who could i know you're super high on him joe like there's another arm who could really pop who could really make some noise um levi stout i think fits in that category too even though we've had him in the organization a little longer he's a college guy so he's a little more well known sam sam carlson i mean the list goes on and on and on. And let's, I mean, I'm really excited to see Caden Polkovich too. I, he really impressed me at the training alternate uh, training site. And he just feels to me like a guy that's going to move really, really quick. Uh, I want to say I have a couple sleepers too, who are again, guys who like maybe pitch some in Everett, but wake like, them uh, up. We had, uh, we had Tim Elliott on our list uh, as somebody who's had a lot of really good results. At the lower levels, we're going to see if the stuff translates into the higher levels. He's an SEC arm, so, you know, it could just be that he's overpowering this lower-level competition, but uh, really good strikeout-to-walk ratios. Um, And then, obviously, uh, one of our favorites is Jared Bayless, uh, who's just been working his ass off, even though he was not invited to the alternate site. Not invite. Well, wait. Was he invited to the alternate site? He might have been. Uh, I don't believe. Not so. the alternate site. Sorry. You I mean the, the fall instructional league. league? Yeah. I don't think he was. I believe he was I... invited to Dallas Baptist. University. Yes, I think that's right. I think he has literally <laughs> been cooling his heels, but just 
again, another guy, kind of like Wyatt Mills, who I wrote my 40 on in 40 on today, um, just didn't, didn't get, didn't get picked, didn't get selected. And so has really redoubled that time into just working on his own and working his butt off and pretty excited to see what he does this year. Uh, Travis Kuhn is another one who, hmm. again, like just played for a little while. And again, this is just all through following their social media, but he's been getting after it every day. He's got like an Alta Villa build now. He's just lifts <laughs> super heavy things and I think has punched up his velo some. So there are some real deep sleepers in addition to the guys we have. I mean, the pitching depth, I think, in this organization right now, definitely the best I've ever seen it. And I would put it up with anyone in the majors. I would agree. I, I think that's a, a fair framework. Uh, I will I will only list one name, really, in, in terms of a sleeper. It's not really that much of a sleeper, but I, I really like Alberto Rodriguez, the outfielder uh, who the Mariners got back as the main uh, return for uh, Taiwan Walker um, and from the Blue Jays. And I, I most of it is, is based around I already liked his profile. I liked sort of the the uh, power speed combo. Um, I think he's probably corner outfield, but I but I still like what he can uh, do from the little bits that I've seen, um, and it, it is promising at least that they have been hyping him up as having improved his physicality. Uh, so that's that's encouraging there. Um, all right, well let's let's Tyler Driver. I didn't even mention yeah, him. he yeah, wasn't yeah. even the one I was trying to think of <laughs> with the funny name, but he he's yet another one. I'm just scrolling through my Instagram right now trying desperately <laughs> to figure out this kid's name. Um well, you will eventually come across it, but in the meantime, we're going to go into our top 30 starting with five players here. Uh we've got third baseman Milkar Perez Right-handed pitcher Devin Sweet, right-handed pitcher Tim Elliott, uh, shortstop slash infielder Donovan Walton, uh, and outfielder George Feliz. I, I love the sort of back end of the, the top 30 because you really get the most disparate types of players here. Uh, we've got two teenagers, uh, a, a pair of early 20s righty pitchers uh, who might be starters, probably relievers, but who knows. Uh, and then we've got a, a guy who has made his big league debut and is sort of trying to figure out what their what their, what their their lot in uh, Major League Baseball is going to be. Dutch Landis. It's Dutch Landis. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you She's go. Kate. Continue on. Sorry. We should have presented our top 414 prospects. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the organization has dudes on dudes on dudes. There well, are dudes who I thought would be dudes who aren't even with us anymore. No, so. I mean, this is this is the thing, though. It's like, like, there's a reasonably high likelihood that, you know, three of the four or four of the four dudes that you just mentioned, that I just mentioned, Joe, that you just mentioned, don't make it. But the fact that those people would have been... Top with 20. Top 20. Like, top 20. <laughs> like, two or three years ago. Like, oh, that's where I mean, it was. Just the scraping. The scraping yeah. of trying to make prospect clay. 
Like, Some of the guys we talked about, and it was always just like relievers for the It was outfielders. always relievers. Yeah, like uh, 85 Parker Markells and Ashton Godot's. Oh like, man. yeah, you're 27, but like now you're throwing 94, 95. So, and you like have sort of got a slider. Like, you know, yeah. and that is useful. Like, you want to have those guys, but you want to have those guys as like the 45th most interesting yeah. person. In there were team. times not, when not we were. The 20th. When we were offloading Seth Elledge and the Mariner fans were like, no, yeah. that's the top of the system. Okay, what are we yeah. that was, doing? Okay, that was me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean. It was it, the top of the system. Seth Elledge was the top the of the system. Was. JP Sears, I was, well, I mean, that was the cursed Nick Rumbelow deal too. So let's, let's uh, ignore that. Nick Rumbelow is a perfect example. Like, we get to watch Nick Rumbelo debut this year. Ooh. Oh my god. It was just so much trying to get yourself hyped up about stuff. The only one who I wish we had back was Noah Zavalis, who uh, was a Harvard Harvard guy, boy. The Harvard, yeah. yeah. You guys um, know, and I think is doing pretty well for the Brewers. But. There was a point in the not-too-distant future where Max Posey was a top six oh, prospect. Oh, Max... Talk about cursed deals. I'm sorry, we're getting so off topic, but yes, that Max Posey and uh, your boy John, what was his name? Shane, Shay, Shay. Oh, Shay Simmons. Shay Simmons. Oh, Shea Simmons. oh I really thought Shay Simmons was going to be a thing. I was we... so hyped. We had the dinosaur graphic, Joe. We that was so... before your time, but oh, um, we were listen so to this. Excited listen... For okay, so I, we'll jump into prospects in like two seconds, but. You know, so if you've read our top 20 prospects this year, and it's like 11 through 20 is fun. Like, there is legitimate upside there. All of the names I'm about to read were top 20 prospects in 2017. Oh, Joe. Wyatt Mills, <laughs> Seth Elledge, Rob Whalen, Matt oh. Festa, Oliver Jasky, oh, Oliver. Max Posey, and Art Warren. Where the That's... fuck is Oliver Jasky? He's still Oliver, around, isn't he? I don't, I don't think he is. He <laughs> Did they trade the, him? He was on the restricted list for a while, and that I don't seems... think he came back. And oh, he uh, does say Oliver Jasky retired on yeah. his MLB page. Yeah. Uh, okay. June third. Seven relievers. Yeah. That's seven relievers in our top twenty. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. Joe. It was so it was bad. bad. <clears throat> um, also, so, Nick Nick Wells and his broken ass arm was in the top oh, thirty. Listen, we got something listen, out of him. We though. did we, get something for Nick I'm Wells. Just saying, like I liked Nick Wells, but he also had a broken arm, and they were like, "Well, what's behind it?" <laughs> yeah. We'll take that anyway. Um, He's the only reliever with a broken arm, one and a half arm. <laughs> um, okay, I want. A little bit of rapid fire here because I want to ask a couple. I, we got a couple good questions that I think fit in. Yeah, are we here. at the part where I get to dump on Keith Law's rankings yet? I was, but yes, I guess. Yes. Uh, so this is we got a couple questions. So I'm going to blend this. There's one from uh, at dog two o six, lifelong John Donovan fan on Twitter, uh, as well as uh, Nick Fielden at Nickel F L D N. Uh, Couple, couple Keith Law questions. Um, so we'll we'll go with that dog two hundred six is first. Keith Law said on February fifteenth that the M system isn't very deep. However, as GM Jerry DePower, uh, 
However, as Jerry the Power <laughs> Jerry Depoto has churned through lower level prospects and trades, while at least leaving the elite guys alone to potentially help the big league club. I think he's wrong. Uh, I yeah, Keith's, Keith's been doing he's this for objective, a long time. He's objectively wrong about this, though, right? Like, like th- this is not no homerism. Like, you can look at the Mariners' farm system, and it's hard to argue that there's not 15 big leaguers in the top 15 prospects, or at least like a more reasonable expectation of a big leaguer in the top 15 prospects. There, he's got teams ranked, you know, in the top five that. They have like eight guys that that might be big leaguers. He's got Arizona ahead of us, and as far as I can tell, their system is Corbin Carroll. End of list. Like, yeah, I mean, they, they've got a few dudes, but they're actually the one I was talking about. Like, they have like seven or eight guys that. That was have, definitely the one that jumped out to me upsides, as well. That it's it's a weird. I mean, Keith Law. With all due respect to Keith Law, he was the guy that said before the twenty eighteen draft that there's no. What was what did he say exactly? He said there's not a chance in hell that Jared Kelnick is a five tool player. Like you just you just gotta take it with a grain of salt. That, that I would mean, be my opinion. I don't think there's any way Seattle's outside of the top five. There was a good argument in one of the comments um, when I wrote up that the Mariners were number two in Baseball America's organizational rankings, which obviously is a they have a very different look at the system. Um, that pointed out that Law's criteria is very much to, like, and I think that this is true, um, to what is going to be impact, like, what is Major League-ready talent? Uh, he prides proximity a lot over, maybe over anyone else. Um, and he does kind of look at, like, positionally rather than looking at the players themselves that I, it's a it's extremely idiosyncratic. He prides himself on that. He likes that he's the low guy on Nick Madrigal, on Drew Waters. Like, yeah. I just think you have to understand. He has, I think, very much a bias against a certain player type, and it is the Nick Madrigal, it is the Drew Waters, uh, and it's Jared Kelnick, too, in some way. Like, By that same token, the Diamondbacks might have, like, the youngest top ten ever. Like, Corbin Carroll, he's... I'm not even going to list him out. But he's like a teenager. <laughs> yeah, he, these guys are not even close to making their debut. So, I don't know. Keith Law always has it's idios- extreme it, Idiosyncratic takes. is a nice way to put it. But, yeah, and, I mean, again, when you're trying to distinct yourself in an industry where a lot of people say the same kinds of things, there's a certain cachet in being a niche voice or whatever. Um, I just think it's like pretty based on a criteria that is not what i would consider well-rounded um the point that you both made and and joe i think you you hit on it in in particular about the mariners like how they compare to (laughs) in laws rankings particularly uh to to some of the other organizations ahead of them it doesn't exactly makes sense at least with with my understanding of some of the players in their organization versus other organizations like i do agree that the depth of the mariners at certain positions is an issue um and that it is the weak point of the org that they're really dependent on you know a few of their big 
sort of big deal names turning out well. but And then just <clears throat> drafting every single college pitcher who ever right. existed. Yeah. Right. Like, they, yeah, like, like the two players that are the best prospects in their system are not guys they drafted. You know, and, and they I believe that they would have drafted Kelnick if he'd been there, but they didn't. Um, so, you know, a lot of their system is that sort of high floor kind of player. Um, and that's fine. But but they need to continue to find upside, and they need to continue to find. Uh, they need to see not just the Noel V. Martes develop, is but this, they need to see. Is those... this where we get to talk about Felnine Celestine? <laughs> Felnine uh, Celestine, Felnine Celestine. I love I it. See, I love it. I see no reason it. why. I, here, <laughs> let me let me let me wrap this this point back into okay. the to the to the back thirty here, which is just to say. You need to see some of those people, either those honorable mentions that we we named, or you know Milcar Perez, who has an incredible arm and has great raw power, but we have no idea whether he can hit it, you know, the higher levels of the minors because we haven't seen it. Or does Devin Sweets change up, keep missing bats as he moves up? Or does Tim Elliott, you know, have enough to build on? Uh, you know the, his his potential and his stuff. Can Donnie Walton, Donovan Walton, stick in the bigs and and be a useful sort of depth piece? Can George Felice, you know, who's seventeen, become you know a good sort of power speed combo outfielder? If if any of those are true, you know, if you if you get more of that, then you're you're looking amazing. Then the depth looks really good. But we're we're a year away from knowing about a lot of this depth. All right, Kate, tell me about Felnin. No, Joe should tell you about Felnin because Joe is the <clears> one who, who brought it to mind. I just worked my sources in the organization to confirm. <laughs> Kate flew to the Dominican Republic. That's <laughs> true. Let's not... That's true. She parad- used my impeccable Spanish. Kate knows corners <laughs> of the internet to get information that most don't. Like, yeah. Like the Pirates website. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason Mackey is such a good beat writer. He really, really propped me up during that whole thing. Uh, I feel like it's unfair that the Pirates have such a good beat writer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pit- Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's neat. <laughs> There's a it, lot of cool things about Pittsburgh, and one of them is not the Pirates. <laughs> one is currently roster. not the baseball. You know yeah, what? They're, no. they're you know, such they're a the... bad team. They have like a top three park. So, oh, absolutely, that makes up for it a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I yeah, no, it's it's, it's top of my. List. It is one of the great like sadnesses of mine because like that was one of the places we were gonna hit this past summer before moving back was that we did not get to hit the you know the the Pittsburgh into Ohio, into the Chicago parks. Like, that that was going to be a dream. Could not do it. Okay, uh, but the Pirates have a, are a disaster at the major league level. Everyone knows that. But they have a really fun system. Like, you know I love Nick Gonzalez. Key Bryan. Uh, Quinn Priester is really cool. I love Peggy Leo Uh Brennan Malone was one of my favorite arms in that draft class. Prep arms. Uh, mysterious Carmen Majinski, who I Quinn Priester would... is going to be a monster. Oh my god, I love Quinn Priester, and he's a great, great kid too. Like great kid, so gonna be th- 
they're on the upswing as far as that goes. And I expect to see them. I honestly, if the, if Keith Law had put the pirates ahead of the Mariners, I would have understood that more than the diamondbacks, but hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I digress. Felnin Celestine, whose name I love saying, if you can't tell. You're going to be so here, sick of me saying I'm it. sitting here thinking of T making a music video for The Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> except it's This, this is, is Celestine. Celestine. <laughs> this is Celestine. Felnin yes. Celestine. Felnin Celestine. Walk up music. <laughs> oh, Hitting dingers everywhere. We need a lot more just dissonant vibes <laughs> music, and that is a good place to start. Uh, Joe, explain why we were all so excited about Felnine. So, yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of it got brought to my attention, like, what, uh, two weeks ago, that this superstar international prospect, you know, like the ilks of, you know, top two, top three prospect in that class is only following the Mariners on Instagram. Um, so that was interesting. We did a little bit of digging. We asked around and found out that, yeah, he's he's committed, I guess is what you could say. He has a verbal uh, agreement to sign with the Mariners in, um, a few, in a few years. So I don't know where to start. Like, um, what do you want to know? For, I mean, for a giant, for a giant bonus. Yeah. Like, way more than we've seen the Mariners give out. It is, that is um, the rumored the rumored amount. Yeah, we won't throw out any numbers because you don't want to undercut the deal or anything. But it is way more than anyone. It, it's that like Noel V plus Julio put together. Yeah, and then some. And it's an area of the. I think like what just excites me is like every year these top international prospect rankings come out every year i automatically scroll to like number 10 because i feel like the mariners are always going to be they're just never one of the players for the top two guys it feels like like sometimes they make a big swing like noel v like julio but even those were more modest investments i mean i think Julio looms so large right now, but we forget he signed, he wasn't super well regarded. I mean, not, he was well regarded, but he wasn't like necessarily he was a tier one below. of those. He wasn't, the he was, S-tier. that's a good way to put it. He yes. was, he, he was like in the A-tier. best tier. Yeah, they were, there were concerns about his body. That was when he was still like a little bit baby fat on Julio. What we're pudgy. talking about with Celestine is like difference maker talent. Like, 
the, like these are the guys that I'm not gonna say Jason Dominguez because he's on such a different planet as far no, as no, and goes. Celestine is built completely. He's not a huge. I mean, he's a skinny, but, skinny little dude right now. But we're talking about that tier. We're talking about uh, like Yoannis Cespedes, Yasiel Puig, that tier of player, top of the like top cover of the scale. stories on Baseball America, like yeah. But MLB anyways, pipeline, you also know, important to national know, attention. He's he's 15. So this is, I think this is what everyone needs to know about Celestine. He was supposed to sign with Seattle. You know, if this was 10 months ago, he was supposed to sign with Seattle January, uh, July 2nd, 2022. But because of COVID, all of the J2 signing dates have been moved back since six months. So as of right now, he's eligible to sign probably January 2nd, 2023. But because he turns, according to Eric Loggenhagen from uh, from Fangraphs, because he turns 17 in September of 2022, he can just sign with the Mariners in September instead of waiting for his date. The key thing to watch out for for Celestine is the new CBA is going to get uh, negotiated this upcoming winter. And it probably won't be agreed upon or signed upon uh until December 2021. So, so long as there isn't an uh, international draft put into that uh, into that CBA that would make Celestine eligible, I mean, I would imagine the international draft would be around the same time as the amateur draft. As long as they don't rush that into the new CBA and have the, the first one be six months after the new Which CBA, I, I don't see I doubt, that happening. I doubt they will, yeah. It's, I feel like there's a very small percentage it screws, of that It screws all of these trainers. I mean, in the long run, it's good for the players and their, and, you know, like their freedom, if you will, um, because they're not bartering chips from these trainers. It's a very broken system. But in any case, if these guys have deals that are already, you know, on paper, you don't want to screw them out of that. So my guess is the first international draft would be a year after Celestine. I agree, so. yeah. And for those that kind of want an idea of what kind of a player he is, if you watch him, it really does look a lot like Francisco Lindor. Uh, he's five. I was going to say Lindor, maybe Bogarts. Yeah, well, I don't think he's going to be as big as Bogarts, but we'll see. He's still really young. He's five foot nine right now. He's 170 pounds, and the bat speed is... I mean, if you go watch this kid's film and then you put it next to 16-year-old Noel V. Marte's film, you will understand why this kid is on an entirely separate stratosphere in terms of future projection because the physicality is insane from the size of his body. So, But, Kate, you make a good point. I, I It will be interesting to see how tall he ends up because on one hand, he's a switch-hitting shortstop that looks like Lindor and... If he grows three more inches, if he grows four more inches and he becomes six foot two, then seriously watch out. You never know, but he'll get to get on that uh, high performance camp, which is something we were talking about George Feliz earlier, and uh, they've appended him to Jonathan Class A. Like, they've had them be roommates together at the Fall Development League, and, like, they're very... It feels like they're very into assigning players to kind of follow in the footsteps of players ahead of them. You know, they partnered up Noel V and Julio a bunch, obviously. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Celestine is good friends with Starlin Aguilar, who was the Mariners' big international free agency signing this year. I hear 
very good reports about both of them as far as like work ethic, as far as their, um, who they are as people, just like, uh, they're well-regarded, well-respected as people in addition to players. So it's, it's exciting to see them, the Mariners get players who are not only, uh, high quality baseball players, but also high quality people. Players you want to root for. And I'll add one more thing just to kind of drive the hype train even more. Uh, he currently trains where Fernando Tatis Jr. was found, where Wander Franco was found, where Marcel Ozuna was found. Um, he's at the premier, the best of the best academy um, that you can find. So the hype train coming out of Ozuna Sport is very real. All right. The hype train coming out of the 25 through 21 group here. Uh, seamless, is also absolutely seamless. <laughs> Do they give Emmys for uh, Yeah, potty. Give me that potty. Um, <laughs> the golden hey, potty. The golden potty. Yeah, don't think about it too much. Uh, 25th on our list, third baseman Tyler Keenan. Uh, third baseman. Come on, John. I can't believe you got that out with a straight face. <laughs> Joe Rizzo. Uh, reliever, righty reliever, Wyatt Mills, uh, righty starter, LJ Newsom, and righty, much too early to know, Levi Stout. Uh, so we talked a little bit about Stout. Um, can you guys, uh, for, for, for efficiency's sake, since we obviously have larger write-ups on the site, uh, can you guys pick one, one person you'd, you'd love to talk about, uh, from, from this group? I, I will, I'm going to hand select Joe to talk about Stout, uh, since obviously, Joe, you had him in your top 15, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, Kate, uh, honestly, I would love to hear you talk about Wyatt Mills, uh, because sure. I think, I think you, you wrote him up today and, and also had him higher. I thought we were doing this as, like, goals. So I wrote goals for each, you know, the one thing each player needs to do to, like, oh, know, take a step forward me, in 2021. Well, I'm just saying I'm glad you didn't tag me to talk about Joe Rizzo because my one next to him is get traded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. True. Joe, not, and not, and not, not a free critique of him. It's just yeah, like, no, not have a good spot. On him at all. No, no. It means go somewhere. I want him to get a chance somewhere. Because, like, I don't know what else the kid can do. Like, he's hitting. He's working hard. He's doing everything he can do. He's not getting opportunities. Like, free him. Send him somewhere where they will give him opportunities. But but I can talk about YMLs. I can talk about YMLs. I just wrote, I just wrote up his uh, 40 and 40 today. So Mills um, was not selected to go to the alternate site, was not selected to um, get a call up to Seattle, was sent to, that was in 2019, after the 2019 season. He'd struggled kind of initially in his repeat of Arkansas. So 2018, he got a late season promotion. Things didn't go great. And then 2019 started out like eh, it was it was a little rough like the command wasn't always there the velo was a little down and he really kind of pulled it together and had a few just like dominant performances i thought he was a candidate to maybe get a call up with like the art warren and donnie walton when all of them got called up but he did not they sent him to the arizona fall league it's pretty good there played for team usa which was i mean 
huge. I, he went to Mexico. He went to Japan. Like, he, he had this incredible experience. Um, and I really thought he was, like, on the upswing. And then they didn't pick him for the alternate site. Like, not only did they not pick him to be on the 40 man, like, he didn't even get a chance. And then it became clear that, like, what they were doing with their alternate site was none of those guys were actually going to get called up and play. Like, that was very much a training environment. Uh, so he's, like, kind of just left on his own. And uh, he worked his ass off at the warehouse in Spokane and uh, built up his velo and was popping 94-96 consistently in the Fall Development League and mowed over everyone, which is, like, what you want to see a guy who's, like, on the cusp of 27, maybe? I think he's 26 because uh, he was a senior sign when he came in in 2017. So he's a little older, Um but it felt like this was maybe one of Wyatt Mills's last gasps, and he took advantage of it totally. And uh, yeah, I'm a, a big Wyatt Mills fan now. Um, throws out of a funky sidearm slot. If he can hit 95 at that and control it, um, he's absolutely a bullpen piece that we should see at some point this year. Joe, tell me about Levi Stout. What's what do we need from Levi Stout this year? Uh, well, so. Levi Stout is, he's built how I like him. He's throws hard. <laughs> he throw, throws hard. He's six feet tall. He's got right on the fastball. He's got a killer changeup, and he works in a breaking ball. He's another one of those guys that hasn't, I mean, this, this applies to like half the farm. He just hasn't pitched like in the organization yet. So um, I'm really interested to see where he starts because I think conceivably they might have seen enough from him over this this summer to start him in Everett. Um, but, you know, maybe not. He is one of the older pitchers. I think he's 20, maybe 22 or 23. So um, he's got to throw strikes, and he's got to prove that he can start. I think that's the biggest thing because I've got him in my top. I think I have him 12th. Or, yeah, I have him 12th in the organization for prospects just ahead of Sam Carlson. So I'm really buying to the moon Levi Stout Stonks. <laughs> we love them. We love them stout songs. Stout songs. Uh, <laughs> um, as they are typically referred. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a a very interesting one to see because yeah, again, I mean, this is where the depth is like. Yeah, I can see why you might look at this group and think ah, it's a bunch of guys who had TJ or it's a bunch of guys who haven't really shown something. But in the same in the same breath, it's a bunch of guys who might be about to fully pop onto the onto the scene. Um, all right, let's let's get into this top twenty. Let's get into this top twenty. We have uh, at number twenty, um, Brian, left-handed pitcher, still a starter at this point, Brian Perez. We have right-handed pitcher Connor Phillips just drafted. We have righty reliever Sam Delaplane. We have outfielder narrowly debuted uh, Jake Fraley. And we have outfielder very far down, uh, still to still much to go, uh, Jonathan Klasse. Um I can start you guys, since I put you all on the spot, you guys can pick who you'd like to talk about because I am going to talk about Brian Perez, um, who I really like, have always really liked, um, and is also a, a really classic sort of example of a guy who, 
two years ago, even two years ago, was, you know, very, very much one of the only sort of bright spots in terms of pitching depth in the system. And, and now he was 14. That, <laughs> I, I mean, more, more or less. Like, you know, he was in Everett two years ago, and, like, uh, that was, like, the big sort of, you know, not a big emergence, but, like, he held his own in, in Everett. Um, he's subsequently been, like, really improving his physicality. He's a real sort of contact and deception, or command and deception kind of lefty. Um, but it is just, it all sort of adds together. He's up into the low 90s now from what I've seen. Um, albeit, you know, you got to see more in terms of uh, breaking ball and changeup, but at least from the last time we watched him in games, it was pretty impressive. So, um, like so many of these other pitchers, really for him it is get innings, show that you have taken this really lengthy layoff as an opportunity to improve and, and build, uh, you know, make yourself into something. Um, and, and I'm excited to see that because I think we could see him maybe in a rotation, maybe in a bullpen uh, in as close as Everett 2.0, Everett 2.0 high A edition. He's going to have to. I'd like to see more velo from Perez. Yeah, certainly. He, he has gotten bigger and stronger, but uh, he's just kind of sat at that 89 to 91 for such a long time now, it seems. Um, I'll go next, and I will actually take the other side of the card, and I'll take Sam Delaplane. And um, what I want to see, goals for Delaplane this year are to get the velo back, like Perez. Um, he was way down 87 to 89 at the alternate site. Um, according to different reports. Uh, so I'd really like to see that, you know, get back. He needs to be, frankly, he needs to be, you know, 92 to 95 um, for the fastball curveball profile to work. Um, he was obviously going to debut last year. If the stuff was there, it never was. Um, so I'm the low man on him. I've got him, you know, down at, I think I've got him 28th and he ended up being 18th on our list. So, um, this is a big year for Sam Delaplane. Yeah, and we, we talked to Delaplane on the podcast, on, on the main LL podcast a few weeks ago. Um, and, and he's, wow. you know, obviously, he, I think he has a decent understanding of sort of his situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he needs to get back to being what he was in 2019, which was maybe the most dominant pitcher in the minor leagues at least the most dominant reliever in the minor leagues um and doing so at high levels of the minor leagues so uh i i am still pretty uh you know still have a sort of cherry view of him but obviously i mean that he is one where you know that could flip quick unfortunately um if if he can't replicate that soon how about you kate um well, looking at my note next to, again, remember I did like one line. Uh, my note next to Jake Fraley says kneecap Jared Kelnick. And I don't really want to talk about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And I feel like I am always talking about Jonathan I feel Klasse. like Jared Kelnick is the Tanya Harding of this story, but we'll, yeah, we'll move Jer- on. <laughs> I would like to see <laughs> someone say. try to kneecap yeah. Jared Kelnick. <laughs> it would not yeah. happen. 
Uh, I am going to <laughs> skip talking about Jonathan Class A, even though I really want to, because I feel like that's all I ever do. And I'll talk about Connor Phillips, because uh, he is probably the biggest. I mean, you could say Class A is a huge unknown out of this, because he has not played stateside. Um, but for me, it's Phillips, because there's a combination of, like, the Mariners had a ton of intrigue in him. I get the sense the organization is really high on him. Um, and I think he is potentially really, really fun. So for him, I just, you know, the worries always with kind of hard throwing young guys, worries about arm health. Um, but other than that, I'm just, I'm super excited to see him wherever he might start out in 2021. Really quick segue. Just at the the point that we're at in this farm system. I don't know. You got to ask John for permission. To it's use the same, the same topic. Way. It's the same topic. Same topic. <laughs> Do you guys remember? Like, if we're just talking about three years ago, I I remember thinking, my God, I hope Nick Nider doesn't get hurt because we have nothing. Whoa, or, Nick Nider. That's or, a fun. Like you know, when yeah. Kyle Lewis got hurt, for example. Now it feels like if news were to break, and I'll knock on wood. But if news were to break of one of our pitchers, you know, dealing with an arm injury, it would not feel like the end of the world. And, you know, it'll probably happen to someone in the organization, but it won't feel so crippling. Yeah. I, I remember being physically crushed about Sam Carlson, like physically crushed that just a sad feeling on my heart about him. Um, so... Yeah, it like it obviously stings now, and it sucked that, but it's more like, oh man, it sucks that I don't get to see you for a year or so, and you know, it sucks you have to go through this, but there are other things to occupy myself with, and then you'll be like a fun surprise when you come back. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way of putting it. As opposed to I seeing Sam Carlson and just like a lead, because that was when the system was still really pretty thin it was kind of just carlson wasn't it he was 17 so gilbert yeah wasn't i mean here yet. gilbert wasn't here yet no and uh obviously kirby hancock all of them none of them um oh uh, that's right yeah, I, just, it, I listed really all of them had, max, had, max posey was the only other one and uh now his... had we traded away yarborough at that point we yeah. traded away yarborough yeah because yarborough was uh gone in 2016 so yarborough was gone nidert i think was gone Yep. Yeah, it just it it felt bad. Yeah, those two examples, Lewis and Carlson. Now we can just I mean the yes. org won't be dead. Yes. I mean just it just I mean I mean obviously I would still feel horrible like especially with an injury like Kyle Lewis's like it does make you sick to your stomach just to imagine the pain they're going through and the mental struggle on top of that to get back from a serious injury like that but uh, yes, I will say that it, is, it would not probably feel as completely devastating as it did back in the... Even when Julio comes up with his arm injury or whatever, gets hit by a pitch, and, you know, it sucks and I worry about him, but it's the level of panic is much lower. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's a particularly good point of, like, it has been rough you know not getting to see full julio experiences but that that it is able to be spread throughout all right well we still get to watch this person we still get to watch this person it's a good feeling Um, that was the thing about tuning into the minors games in 2019 is like even if 
Like, Kelnick missed some time, too, and he was injured. Like, yeah. okay, Kelnick was down, but, like, Joe Rizzo was going off. Or, like, Logan Gilbert was making the start yeah. then. Like, there were enough other shiny objects to distract you. Um, all right, let's go into, let's get into this top 15. We've got right-handed pitcher Isaiah Campbell. We've got third baseman Austin <laughs> Shenton. We've got outfielder Zach Deloach. We've got right-handed pitcher Sam Carlson. Uh, and we have righty reliever Andres Munoz. Okay, Austin Shenton does not get the same question mark after third baseman yeah. vocally that Tyler Keenan does. Look, Be I have... fair, John. Hey, Be Keenan fair. looked good. He looked like Keenan's, he lost some yeah. weight. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. I think Keenan has a little bit more in terms of raw, if nothing else, arm strength and arm skill as a third baseman to Shenton. Um, you know, neither of them move exceptionally, but I, I do think there is a, there is a type of third baseman in Keenan and there's also Mariners find a third baseman who plays third base. I was going to say, even Kyle Seager was a second baseman (laughs) until they, until they had Robinson or well, I guess not at that point. They didn't have Robinson Cano, but then until they just were like, ah, we need someone to play third, whatever. Kyle Seager, go for it. You're, you're not someone who matters that much. Whoops. You're our best position for a decade. Ah, Another one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, do do any? Do either of you want to jump in and, and yes. snag someone? Yes, Go for I want to snag. Kate, I'm going to snag. I'm going to snag Zach Deloach. Deloach. Yeah. So here's why. I don't. Um, I didn't like the 2020 draft outside mm. of maybe Connor Phillips. Uh, uh, Kate th- and and Kate, I'm sorry to interrupt you here, but but we got a couple questions in particular about, about Deloach. Well, not necessarily about Deloach, but about like what is the future of the outfield be- beyond the big names of Kelnick, of uh, Kyle Lewis, obviously. Um, of Julio and of Tremel, like what what else do we have going? So so, thank you, thank you to people who asked about this. Yes, so Deloach, I would say, is the most advanced out of them, and will be the next one up. And then you have your young Dominican guys in Class A and Felice, um, somebody they just drafted to, who obviously we won't see for a long time, but he has like apparently seventy grade speed. It's Gonzalez, right, Gabriel Gonzalez. That's, I don't yeah, think just Gabriel... the, the newest signee. No. Uh, Bolivar. The, uh, Bolivar. Bolivar, I think, is the... Luis, Luis Bolivar is the, like, incredible... Is super Incredibly, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, anyway, so you've got, like, that crew kind of coming up, but definitely the next wave of outfield guys is led by Deloach. And I don't know who else i mean you don't need a lot right because you've sure. got all those other guys so but yeah just, i mean that just is, that is, is probably plenty yeah. that yeah. is a pocket where there isn't you know it's like depending on where you put alberto rodriguez maybe but like trent tingle stat like he's obviously not you know he's someone we know but he's not someone who really was pushing on this list heavily at least until we see it in the higher minors yeah so uh oh, you Kate, can put Polkovich. Kate marlowe 
Oh, uh, yeah, I guess Polkovich, depending on, you know, as a utility or, or if he's going to be more heavily outfield. Anyway, Deloach himself, though. Okay. Deloach. So, um, I didn't like the draft. I've made that clear. I said it's a lot of boring, uh, kind of low ceiling guys, college guys, safe picks. Um, and I don't know why I just never warmed up to Zach Deloach, but I was looking it over when we we're doing these rankings and I was like, this is stupid. I'm being, <laughs> I'm being a Keith Law and except in reverse, because this is a player type I actually really like. Right. I'm judging him <laughs> against a player archetype I don't like, which is like kind of the low ceiling college college player. Um, I think what's, what kind of got me about Deloach was like, he doesn't really do anything super well. Like he does everything fine, but he doesn't have like that loud carrying tool that really gets you excited. So that's what I kind of hope to see this year is for him to distinct himself in one of these ways. But this is a player who on paper should be my favorite kind of player. Like he's high OBP, gets on base, he makes contact. He's a unselfish player. Like this is the kind of player I love. Once I see him play, I feel like he's going to be the player I do the hardest 180 on. I'm sorry in advance, Zach Deloach. I am prepared to de-love you. I think he's a little bit like Cole Calhoun in that regard. God! Man, I mean, what an what a unbelievably unkind thing to say. <laughs> Only explicitly for Kate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, put, the, put the ball on the tee. Here you go, Kate. <laughs> Uh, all right oh. joe after, after just absolutely just taking a weed whacker to, <laughs> now to, that i've now that i've eviscerated who, who do Zach you Deloach, want who do you want well i will take sam carlson <laughs> who is just <laughs> he's just he's carl drago he's rocky he's he's huge now i mean good lord um I'm he just, has really just i mean he is the veins. I mean, his veins have their own like zip codes. Like that is a sentence topographical. I wasn't gonna use in my example, but I mean, <laughs> he looks insane. He looks like a bodybuilder. He kind of is. I mean, he's always he lives at the gym, according to say, his social I mean, media. He's in Minnesota. Yeah. What the fuck else is there to do? Buy Sorry, Nikes, Minnesota. Apparently, yeah, he, his shoes and game. sell Nikes. I own a pair of Sam Carlson's old shoes. You do? Yeah. That's dope. He got <laughs> it's a good deal. Got, I believe. No, I don't know. It was Justin Dunn who got the Griffies that just got dropped. Yeah, but anyway, I Sam Carlson has like I have never seen him repeat a pair of Jordan ones. Like he's got a different pair for going on like nine months. <laughs> he just hasn't had a different pair. Uh... He but, got two point five million. So sign yes. him. Yes, it's a lot of Yeah, but uh, I'm just excited to see the kid pitch. You know, I was excited to see that his velo was back close to where it needed to be in October. And um, you know, if if he's a guy that is 92 to 95 with his frame and his changeup, and it's a good curveball. The curveball looks really good. Um, he could move fast. I mean, he's been in the system a long time. The system knows what they have with him. Um, would it stun you if he started in Everett? Probably, but he could move quick. Um, so another not entirely mystery man, but but someone that people have asked a lot of questions about and we haven't seen as much of as you know I would have hoped. 
as our number 10 prospect, because uh, we're in the top 10 now. Uh, we have one ten right-handed pitcher. Uh, at number 10, number 9, left-handed pitcher, Brandon Williamson. Number 8, Cal Raleigh, quesh, or, uh, catcher, Cal Raleigh. Uh, Raleigh. 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 Like, Cal uh, like Raleigh. North Carolina. Like, finger, like, like North Raleigh Carolina. Fingers. Raleigh. Oh, there you go. Oh, like Cal Raleigh with that mustache would be fun. Anyway, <gasps> sorry. Say, no, say. he tried to grow facial hair before and it looked terrible. Yeah, Embrace being babyface. That's what Julio nicknamed him. Um, <laughs> Cal Raleigh at eight. Uh, Taylor Trammell, outfielder at number seven. And Noel V. Marte at six. Um, so we got a few questions in this zone here. Um, first, I want to go to Brian at a player to be named later uh, on Twitter. Uh, at uh, Their question was, 110's ceiling is undoubtedly high, with the added bonus of the name sounding like my two-year-old trying to count. Do you think they bring him up quickly or hold him in MILB, limiting his innings until the M's competitive window has arrived? Um, and I think that, you know, let me know if you guys think this is wrong. Uh, and I would love to hear one of you talk more about 10. But I, he does not strike me as someone who is at risk of being like most pitchers are at lower risk of being uh, service time manipulated, quote unquote, um, just because there's so much risk in bringing them, you know, in their health at any given time. I think there's less manipulation they run into. Um, I think for him, the Mariners probably have more to gain from letting him keep starting, uh, at least as long as he can. And then eventually, if they need to move him to the bullpen, so be it, but that that is that is where they can uh, sort of get that extra time. Uh, but I, I don't know if you, either you have expectations for him uh, beyond that. I think they probably let him start um, until he hits his innings limit or until they need uh, an electric arm out of the bullpen. He's already on the forty, so it wouldn't right. you know be difficult for them to bring him up, but. I'm sure Juan Ten is going to make his debut with the team as a reliever, um, but I don't think they want to give up on him being a starter. Yeah, it does. It does not preclude. Kate, did you have a a, a goal, a specific goal for Juan Ten? Um, what did I write down for him? Mm, if starter, work on changeup. Mm. As a reliever, call him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I that 10 it. is a reliever. Uh, I think he's got a reliever mindset. He has nicknamed himself El Missile. Uh, <laughs> the Missile, which I like much better. Let's just snatch that nickname away from Aroldis Chapman. You don't get to have it anymore. I don't feel like it was... Gi- I feel like that was something that was given to him, too. The Cuban Missile, which is, you know... Um, a little historically dicey uh, as well <laughs> as a nickname. So let's just take El Misil, <laughs> give it to Wanten, make him a power reliever, and uh, call it a day. We got plenty of arms. I am personally going to take Tremel here. Uh, and in a mildly law, Keith Law-like uh, mindset, uh, this is a little bit leaning on proximity. Um, Trammell 
has to show something to separate himself from the incredibly talented and incredibly promising group of outfielders that this organization already has. And part of the benefit for him is that he is very young. He's three years younger than Kyle Lewis, I believe. Um, maybe only two, but it's, it's, it is, I think close. If it's two, it's closer to three than it is two. Um, and you know, has two cracks at double a would have been probably in triple a, if not the bigs this year, it's, it's, very likely I think to me that he is um, pushing into the majors this year in some capacity and whether that is ultimately that he gets traded again or that he is insurance against Mitch Hanniger getting traded or something I don't know but I, I am very you know I think we're going to see Taylor Trammell play in the big leagues soon, and we're going to see him play in the big leagues for a number of years. And, you know, that is that is something that we, we can't discount. Uh, I just wish they'd had a little more time with Trammell to – I wish he'd been traded to us a little sooner, and I understand, you know, why that couldn't have worked out. But I just wish he had had more time, and it wasn't a pandemic, and he could – absorb the organ because i think he would be such a fantastic i think he would have flourished in seattle's organization in a way he didn't necessarily with the reds or with san diego um and i just wish he had some of that time back so yeah my what i wrote down for him was a uh, build time machine which maybe n- not so plausible um That's but fair. i agree with you i think he'll <laughs> he'll We'll see him at some point this year. He'll get some shots. Um, again, I wonder what happens with Jake Fraley. And, you know, if both of them are just kind of covering time until Kelnick comes up. And it, it's a good problem to have. Too many sure. outfield prospects yeah. is a good problem to have. But Tramel doesn't have to set himself apart from Lewis, Kelnick, and Julio. Like, there's a there's a roster spot for him out there. Yes. He just needs yeah. to prove he just that needs he's to better s- than Fraley. Yes. That's true. Well, and and I mean that is the that is the other thing cuz you know, I I think the likelihood that Fraley and Tramel are in the Mariners organization at the end of this year is not crazy high. Maybe extending that to Taylor uh to Tramel, Fraley and Haniger cuz it's just like it, I, I would it, say before opening day next year. Yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, I, I. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, One way and, or another. And not and and it can be in a very good way of like, oh, all these players are doing promising things again. We got to move somebody because we can't play them all, and we have other places we need to improve. I hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, I I, I would be. Um, I'm very curious to see how that all plays out. Um, Joe, who, who, who would you like to hit on here? I really like Cal Raleigh a lot. Um, I don't, you know, my, my biggest question for him, like his goal for this year should be prove that you can hit high minors pitching, because if you can, you probably play at the big league level this year. And he doesn't have to like, he doesn't have to hit 300 at double a, he doesn't even have to hit 280, like go out, hit 270 in Arkansas, 275, uh, still show the power, and 
at worst, he's a lefty platoon uh, that hits righties at the big league level. And I think the organization would really like to see him this year. Um, I don't know if the organization is as hellbent on getting him to the uh, majors this year as some people tend to lead on. I think some of those reports are a little misleading. I don't think it's a, a foregone conclusion that Cal Raleigh is going to be up this year. Um, but I, I just want to see the hit tool play enough to where you think, okay, this guy can be like a 245, 250 hitter at the big league level. Because if he can, he's definitely got a spot on the on the 25, man. Yeah, I'm not holding the double A numbers against him, which I feel like um, he got a little dinged for that he didn't go to double A and mash like Joey Bart did. Um, I saw good plate approaches from him when he was, I mean, he was obviously being overwhelmed some, like, uh, he was getting out of his approach a little, especially when he first went up, um, he was getting frustrated with himself at times, just getting away from what, but you know, those are the things that you go through when you go to double A a lot of time, like it's a challenging level. And my whole, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the thing that concerns me is, you know, he had like, 120 games at high a in 2019 before getting his cup of coffee and he he was only like a 250 hitter i do not know i do not know why they left him down in modesto for so long like uh, yeah i mean he's he was uh he was not hitting for a high average but he hit for so much freaking power yeah he did i mean he had power at arkansas too yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what he's going to be. He's going to be, uh, he's not fast enough to, you know, he's not fast at all. Like, he's not going to be beating out any infield hits. Like, he pretty much just has to make the ball go over the fence. So I understand people who are worried that there's like a Zunino type uh, prototype here. But it, it it's not, I think Raleigh is better at identifying pitches i kind of wish they'd get him to just stick to one side of the plate i do not love the switch hitting yeah i i think that's too much um and i'm curious to see in double a if they decide to abandon that if he continues to have these issues that he was having but i i talked to um someone who's a catcher for one of the teams in the texas league and he was like oh yeah raleigh you can just tell, like, Raleigh's got it. Like, the way he puts together an at-bat. And this guy's a catcher, so he he, he sees these guys. Um, he's like, that. that's a big leaguer. So, I trust that. I, I trust what I've seen in Raleigh. Um, I think there are a couple tweaks to be made. And honestly, I think I'm... A lot of the concerns are about his defense. I just... I'm not worried about his defense. Especially... I think he's been dinged a lot for his bigger body behind the plate, but he's still pretty mobile back there. And they've done a really good job with like the one knee down and getting him to adapt to different situations and just kind of maximizing what his body can do behind the plate. Um, I, I think the Mariners catching development is one of the most underrated aspects of, you know, the turning out Tom Murphy and Austin Nola. And I'm excited to see what they do with Terrens at the major league level this year. Mm. Tony Arnerick really knows his stuff. 
All right. Well, we've we've made it to the top five here. Uh, we've got righty starter George Kirby. We've got righty starter Emerson Hancock. We've got uh, righty starter Logan Gilbert. Uh, we've got outfielder Julio Rodriguez, and we've got outfielder Jared Kelnick. Uh, and and interesting as a as a breakdown here, we had a almost unanimous. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jared Kelnick, number one, uh, but basically uh, a unanimous sort of one-two there, uh, or really a unanimous one-two-three, um, except for a Sloan number three vote for Noel V. Marte. Uh, so I mean, those those three have really sort of separated themselves, I think, in in terms of our appraisal, at least. Um, I didn't have no LV at number three, but I had him at number four, and I would like to talk about him briefly and just say Go that for it. That can, inc- that can be, yeah. Do it. Sup- that's my guy. Like, I'm super, super high on no LV. I, I just saw it was so great to finally get to watch him play. Um, and again, you can just see, like, he is at a different level than some of these other guys. Like, there's a lot of rawness in his game still, both offensively and defensively. Um, but I thought he acquitted himself as well as you could expect against the big league pitching. Yes, it was hard for him, but uh, he really hung in tough and I thought made some good swing decisions. He didn't always get the bat on the ball in the way that I think he wanted to. Um, but I was just, I was super impressed. He just shot way up my ranking system, uh, personal ranking system, with that little brief guest appearance in um, in summer camp and then again in the fall development league. And I have really high hopes for what Perry Hill is going to be able to do with his defense. I think he's got really good instincts and good athleticism. He just needs some polish. I'll pick one guy from the top five here, and I'm going to avoid Kelnick, and I'm going to avoid Julio, just because uh, they're talked about so much. That's the thing, is like, Kelnick, Julio, and I feel like I've talked about all of them so much. Let me talk about why I have Gilbert over Hancock, because that's Ooh, been a popular okay. that's been a popular little dialogue. I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the big outlets, you know, are, are Hancock over Gilbert, and... I'm the opposite. And here's the reason. I think Gilbert has almost zero question marks on his profile at this point, besides maybe the amount of innings that he can handle this year, which is the same across the board. He's pitched at the high minors. He's performed at the high minors. He's perform- He's got four pitches. He's got good command. I just don't think there's anything left for Logan Gilbert to prove, with the exception of you know, show that you're polished at the beginning of the year so Seattle can call you up. He might even break camp with the team. We'll see. Logan Gilbert is underrated is one of my rallying cries next to Cal Raleigh. Rallying under- cries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your I mean, rallying cry. Uh, those are absolutely like, and and I felt justified or uh, vindicated because I did a pitcher list draft and somebody took Logan Gilbert earlier than I thought he was going to go and I cheered and we had a whole <laughs> conversation about how uh, not just homers like me but people across the industry who have been watching Gilbert feel like he's he's underrated nationally and I don't know why like 
Small school thing? I mean, but Stetson late has pick. such a pedigree. I think it's the late pick. It's the late pick thing. It it's, was the velo the velo fall off and maybe just not pitching? Like It's just kind of I think Logan Gilbert just kinda of has a vanilla profile in that yeah. and, and that like we don't think that. He's six foot Look seven. He's crazy freaking Vitruvian man limbs, like Right, no. right, right. But think about when he was drafted. Not vanilla. He's Stetson. Okay, yeah. nobody has seen Stetson play on TV. He's yeah. got the most boring name, with all due respect to Logan Gilbert. It's not an exciting name that you remember on prospect lists. And it's just, it's a, you know, it's a, it's not a face that you look at and say, oh, you know, superstar. It's just, he's got a vanilla profile, but the stuff doesn't match that. You know, he's got the outlier uh extension to the plate he's got the big velo he's got four legit yeah, Logan Gilbert pitches. isn't sexy like he's not like a Casey Mize right he like doesn't have that Michael zing name Kopech he doesn't have or... that zing name but yeah. he's really good but uh, yeah I think I think he's probably five to ten spots too low on most lists um hear me out on this Logan <laughs> Gilbert's with the Z at the end. Logan Gilberts. 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 Yeah. What if yeah, we changed there's, there's his name? There's multiple of them. What if we did Logan like L-E-A-U-X again? Logan. Like Logan. Yeah, I like that. He'll Absolutely. be the number one prospect in a week. But here's the thing like with it. here's the thing with Hancock. He had some arm soreness in 2020. That worries me. He's got kind of a funky arm slot. That worries me. His fastball got hit around by Richmond in 2020. That worries me. So Virginia's sixth finest. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Just like, let me see you do it in Modesto for a month, and then we can have this conversation. But Gilbert has earned a better distinction for me. I agree. Even though Hancock has the pedigree, and I think like, my goal for the thing that I wrote down for him for 2021 is just just burying that 2020 shortened season because I think that that has hurt him in ways. And I think that maybe a year out from now, we're looking at Emerson Hancock in the same kind of a steal in the same way that Logan Gilbert, I think, was a huge steal. Um, just somebody who had had that like slight velo trend down and was available to the Mariners apparently much higher than they thought or much lower than they thought he would actually go. So I'm feeling like maybe we're going to see the same thing with Hancock, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Gilbert has proved it. The difference between the two of them to me, I think they're both great pitchers in their own separate ways. Like Hancock maybe has a little more of that traditional sec power or like high pedigree guy. Gilbert is the smart one like he's he's totally analytical he's got the crazy extension like he's a little bit I think of a unicorn in some ways um and you could definitely see him following the the footsteps of like a Corey Kluber and just rising up out of nowhere and then everyone's gonna pretend that they were all high on him all along liars we will remember you they're going to be totally different pitchers. Like Ham- Hancock yes. is going to be a ground ball sinker guy. And Gilbert's going to be a strikeout, top of the zone, that kind of a pitcher. But I think like each of them are going to be good in their own way. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I do think that the Hancock's stuff 
is better than Gilbert's stuff. Narrative is way, way overblown, and it's overblown because Hancock was the sixth pick, and Kirby, or excuse me, uh, Gilbert was like the 18th pick, and it's just not true. Like 12th. Wasn't he 12th? 12th pick? He was a little later. He was a little later. Yeah, so, but in any case, like, their stuff is not that much different. It's really not. I mean, the effectiveness, the the way they get there is different, but the effectiveness of the stuff, I think, is, yeah, is going to be similar. Yeah. Um, well, let's 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 hit on a few questions because we got a few questions about the the top here, and then and then we'll wrap up. Um, I know we um, sort of touched on Kelnick, uh, and it, well, we touched on Gilbert and, and Tremel. Obviously, we've talked ad infinitum about Kelnick as have really anywhere 14 um, for Gilbert not 12 sorry there um Nicholas Mira uh sorry uh Nicholas Mira we are going to get to your question but first we're going to hit on uh Zach Chillum at ooh underscore Chillum underscore um on Twitter uh besides ooh, Kelnick <laughs> yeah it's pretty good pretty good stuff <laughs> Besides Kelnick, Gilbert, and maybe Tremel, what other prospects will make their debut this year? So obviously we we, we named a few, uh, but just just going through the list here, um, are, are there any that you you know really stand out? Obviously we've had Fraley, we've had Walton. Uh, We're not we, counting we, Munoz, right? No, Munoz no. debuted. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Munoz debuted. Um, you know, we could see Raleigh. Um, are, are there any that you know? I mean, Mills. Mills is going to debut this sure. year. Mills and Dela Plain. I think one ten. I think one ten. Yeah. There's a maybe a forty or fifty percent chance we see one ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, not a big year for debuts. I I I don't. Th- Thing. For once. Well, I mean, no. Here, I mean, other than Kelnick, Gilbert, and Tramel is the thing, really, right? Yeah, that's like, right. I mean, that's that, right. Like, there's not a got... flood of relievers coming. I mean, maybe yeah. if you, like, uh, like, very low percentage. No, no. I can't even, I can't talk myself into an argument for Levi Stout. No. Oh, I, I think that's. <laughs> I think that's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, then let's get to Nick Mir- Nicholas Mira here, which is, have the Mariners front office given any indication that they are thinking about the possible relationship damage with Kelnick uh, if they if uh, they are manipulating his service time, uh, at least with regards to... John, not... I think you are the best one equipped to talk <laughs> about this. I am... <clears throat> I'm pretty happy to, to, to go into this, which is to say... Um, it's a calculated risk, and I think they are, you know, they're they're going to into this situation thinking one, the risk of losing the extra control contract wise on Kelnick is not worth the potential grudge holding or frustration. Um, you know, players who have been manipulated service time wise have still signed contract extensions whether it was right out the gate like Luis Robert or you know uh, Eloy Jimenez or whether it was you know or Ronald Acuna um, or whether it was a few years later you know and and, you know likely at a higher rate but still an extension 
so I think the Mariners are really hoping that that latter outcome comes to pass. Uh, and, and it sounds like, at least from what I've heard, that that is, that is you know, that they're essentially saying, you know what, we understand he's pissed, but this is what we're wanting to do. And I don't love that because I think <laughs> so much of what makes Kelnick who he is is that he is a little bit, a little bit too intense and a little bit more capable than the average human being of seeing exacting things as revenge a, as, as <laughs> wanting to exact revenge as, yeah. as seeing things as a slight or a challenge um and, and i think that that is something that's going to make him a really good big leaguer and i think that's something that is going to make him you know incredible to root for as a mariners fan is that like if you're a fan and you want to go to a game and see the team that you're rooting for try as hard you know try as hard as you care you should feel very good that Kel, you know, Jared Gelman cares as much as you do you know I mean that that is going to be the case so um, unfortunately I think it is a calculated risk they're making I uh, I think everyone always knew that that was going to be the risk with Jared Kelnick and his camp right. he is always going to bet on himself. He's an extremely confident player, and he's not going to take anything less than what he thinks his optimal, like, you know, 1% outcome is going to be, and that's a perennial all-star. But also, two things on the Mariners' front. One, Chris Bryant has already fallen on this sword for teams. He already went through the legal case, so I can't imagine the Mariners are going to have to go through a legal type of a case with Jared Kelnick. And two, yeah, like they're, they're almost certainly going to super to him. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in the world that he won't be up until at least the middle of May. Absolutely. Um, Well, and, and if you're interested and didn't see it, um, Grant Bronson wrote on the site, what a Jared Kelnick extension would look like a few weeks back. And, and I think that unfortunately, at least at the gate, that looks less likely, but at the same time, it also looked at what is, what is it going to cost to not extend him? Uh, which, which is something we're looking at here, unfortunately. Um, all right. I want to hit on one last question here. Uh, cause we, um, we have a good amount of depth in the outfield. Obviously, obviously we talked a ton about pitchers, um, but there was, we got a good question, uh, from, uh, Brian from at a player name to be named later as well. Um, looking at this list as a whole, what position or skill do you think the franchise needs to focus on developing the most going forward? I mean, it's tough because you don't draft for need, and so you take the best player who's available to you at your draft slot. That's just basic drafting. Um, but that being said, the lack of third base options slash uh, just kind of infield in general is not a strength of the club, and uh, catching, obviously, as well. Like, catching, I feel like... Honestly, I think the Mariners are pretty well set up at catcher for a while. You've got Murphy, you've got Torrens, you've got Raleigh, like, you've got, 
not a ton coming up behind them, but, uh, you know, maybe you sign someone internationally. You, you never know. Nobody is super rich in catching depth. Almost nobody. Um, so that I'm less worried about. The lack of infield prospects is uh, something that concerns me. Um, yeah, just... If uh, getting Celestine, if they do, would be having a legit, true shortstop prospect uh, would be a huge boon for the organization. So I'm really, really hoping that that comes to pass. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Kate, Joe, is there anything else you want to hit on right here uh, before we go? No, this was a super long podcast. So thank you to everyone yeah. who actually made it to the end. Yeah, we, like, we we went long. We hadn't recorded in a while. We had uh, we had some takes to get off. Um, but we once the season gets going, uh, and really even once spring training, we've got a gets bunch going, of minor league signings we should be talking about too. Like yeah. we sh- we'll we'll do another pod soon. We it's got just you. this is one that kind of got shuffled to the back of the queue. Yeah. While yeah. other things were happening, and we've had some pretty good podcasts on the big league side with some prospects lately, so make sure to check those out if yeah. you haven't. Um, but thank you to everyone who listened all the way through, all our hardcore prospect heads. We appreciate you. Yeah, um, and Matthew does a fabulous job of this on on the main pod. So I would love to get Joe. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, obviously, they can find what you do on Lookout Landing, um, as well as with uh, Prospects Live. But what what every where... Monday find Joe every Monday on the site with a write up of a twenty twenty one draft prospect. Yeah, but Joe, Joe, tell the people where they can find you and your stuff. So I'm on Twitter at Joe Doyle, M-I-L-B, and you can find all my draft content um, on top of the scouting reports over at uh, Prospects Live. Fabulous. And Kate? I'm at Kate Prusser for my personal, but I am the usually the at Lookout Landing account. So if you have questions, send them there. Yes, indeed. And I am John Truppin at J-O-H-N-T-R-U-P-I-N. Uh, and we will be back with you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Go ends. If you need me, you can meet me on top of the world. I'm on top of the world. I'm on top of the world. If you need me, you can meet me on top of the world. I'm on top of the world.